Hey everybody, I'm Larry Little and you're listening to Crossing the Line, my podcast where I talk with people about the moments in their life when they cross the line from leading with their head to leading with their heart. Today I'm excited uh, to introduce you to Katie Britt. Katie is the first female president of the BCA, the Business Council of Alabama. Katie comes from a small town in Alabama, Enterprise, and she attended the University of Alabama where she was the president of the Student Government Association. She, she obtained her law degree at the Alabama School of Law, but then she went on to serve on Senator Shelby's uh, staff in Washington, and she was actually uh, the youngest press secretary in the U.S. Senate. And then she went on to be uh, Senator Shelby's chief of staff. She's got a a plethora of experience for such a young leader. And this conversation is really, really uh, enlightening. She's going to share some just down-to-earth practical things that that she has learned. She is uh, authentic, she's transparent, and she's a lot of fun. I think you're going to really enjoy this. I think you're going to learn a lot. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's jump into that conversation so um, you can hear from Katie. Do not believe this, guys. I'm actually interviewing Katie Britt. <laughs> wow, I don't know what we did to <laughs> the score, but we, we hit a home run with this. Uh, we have the uh, the most outstanding, young, up-and-coming leader in the state of Alabama and maybe beyond. There she is. How are you, Katie? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for your kind and overly generous words. Um, I am thrilled to be with you, so thank you for letting me be on, be on today. You are amazing. That's what you are. Uh, I'm so I'm so glad that you gave us some time. Thank you. We're very very appreciative of it. And I know you're a very very busy leader, but uh, my goodness, you have such a, a plethora of experience and knowledge. And and so we want to get to know you. You know, we just want to we want to get to know uh, what makes Katie Britt tick. How, how in the world did at such a young age have you accomplished so much? I mean, uh, you know, and and what you have seen and experienced very, very few people have. So I want to, I just want to take us back and let, let's talk about this crossing the line thing. And, and because you're a leader that leads with your, with your head and your heart and uh, your incredible um, people skills. And, and uh, it's just a, it's just an amazing thing to, to see you watch you and, and see how effective you are. But I know that that didn't just happen by osmosis. Uh, a lot of hard work went into that, right? That's it. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes. A lot, lot of stories leading up to where we are today. That's for sure. So let's go there. Let's go back. Uh, Enterprise, Alabama. Were you raised there? Tell us who, who were you? Born as- and raised. And Larry, that is one of the things I am most proud of is being from Enterprise. Um, just, you know, small town in South Alabama. But to me, uh, the kind of people that Enterprise produces is something that uh, that she can always be proud of. So it's it's certainly something that I feel like has been a defining portion of making me who I am. Mm. So let's go back to when you were a child. What was it like in, in your home and growing up? Did you have uh, siblings? Kind of kind of walk us through as a as a young child. Uh, what was it like? And in- absolutely. Well, first, and let me say this too about enterprise. I do think um, it teaches you a couple of things, and that was to keep your head down and work hard, um, mm. to value diversity and everyone having a seat at the table, and keeping your word. 
um, that is something that if you didn't do an enterprise, if you say you're going to do something, then, then you're going to do it. And if you don't, then your mama or somebody else's mama will snatch you up. So, um, so good, just good things to learn just, just right off the bat. So I want you to stop right here and, and jot that down or, or make a note of what Katie said. We see this pattern over and over again with leaders. It's, it's hard work. It's diversity. It's keeping your word. Wow, those are, those are important characteristics that she gained at a very early age, but that are important for any leader. As far as my home, I am the oldest of four girls. So I think that created from a very early age, um, just the opportunity for leadership and um, compassion and seeing things through other people's eyes. Um, I will tell you, my sisters are all very special people and are my very best friends. Um, and I'll tell you in the uniqueness in that you see different people's strengths and different things they go through. And uh, that was something I think that really helped shape me and the way that I see various things. Um, also, when you're oldest of four girls, there are no gender specific roles. So you learn real quick to load the car and to mow the grass and to do those kinds of things, to go fishing with dad and, um, you know, to work at his store. So my parents were both small business owners. Um, both of them, uh, you know, own their own business. And with that comes a lot of hard work and ebbs and flows and, um, you know, just, just so many things that you get to see firsthand when your parents are working hard to provide in that way. Um, oh, I'm sure. I, <laughs> I want to ask you a question, though. I'm going to jump in because we have to go Come back on. and clarify this. See, you said <laughs> you said you were the oldest of four girls, mm -hmm. and that gave you an opportunity to have leadership. But if I were to ask your sisters, would they say that's leadership or being bossy? <laughs> Believe it or not, you would be and you would be interested to see this, and I would welcome you asking them. We have a really unique relationship, so, and I have learned that it is not one that all spouse that all siblings share, um, and that is a genuine, genuine love and affection. Now, I am not telling you that there aren't days where we can all get a little testy with each other, but. I assumed that everyone's household was like ours where we really had each other's back. And, you know, I was a senior when my sister was in 10th grade and I'd always take her along with whatever it is we did. And that kind of continued with all of us. So uh, interestingly enough, I, I wish that I could give you a little bit more on that, but we, we genuinely have each other's back and um, sometimes they boss me much better than I boss them. Uh, listen, they're going to hear that, and uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see what they have to say about that. That is beautiful. That is no, and I'll tell you, we learn so much from each other. I mean, for instance, my youngest sister, like her walk with the Lord, is just truly incredible, and she continues to inspire, you know, all of us, all all the other the other three, in um, how she conducts herself and um, and just continues to grow in that way. So again, we all learn from each other, and I wish it was a little bit more, but it, we we really have each other's back. No, that's beautiful. That's that's the way it ought to be. And, and kudos to your to your mom and dad for, for setting that culture and teaching you that. And you said they were small business owners and you actually worked in the store. Talk about that a bit. Yeah. So um, my dad was a third generation business owner. So my great grandfather started the hardware 
business there in, um, in Enterprise and then my grandfather to follow and then they started the marina. Um, so the boat dealership. So when I was little, I would have to go in and I'd work in the summers. And again, kind of in that non-gender specific role, they'd send me in there to do inventory in the hardware department. Um, so counting nuts and bolts and, you know, and then sweeping the floor back there um, after they had finished rigging boats and um, just, you know, rolling our sleeves up. And then every now and then if someone were absent from work, I would get to answer the phones. Boyd's Marine, how may I direct your call? Um, so, <laughs> yes. So good stuff there. And then as I got a little bit older, um, my mom owned the dance studio. And so that obviously became the after school job when I didn't have activities that I was involved in. Um, and I taught dancing to, to young girls. And so uh, kind of full circle, but always, always working. Always working. Are you, are you picking up on this theme here? She was taught to work at a, at a very early age. And in her words, Katie says, I was always working. It's a, it's a theme for those who are accomplishing great things. It, it, uh, it just seems that a hard work is something we can't avoid if we're going to lead well. So you talk about well-rounded. Let's see now you have you counted nuts and bolts in a, in a hardware store and in a boat dealership and swept the floor and then you taught dance. Is that right? That's right. That's right. My dad is a big believer that you should know every aspect of a business and that you should um, put yourself in those shoes and figure out, you know, what, what can be done better and um, what it takes to do that job. Well, kudos to Katie's dad for yet another characteristic that is so important in great leaders. Uh, learning how to think, uh, how do things work, and how do we improve them? How can we do it better? Another quality of a great leader. I always, always like to hear this. I want you to go back and just give me a day in the life of Katie as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old, a day in the life of, of Katie as a young child. What, what would it comprise of? Oh. What would you do? So, um, obviously, in school, I was fortunate to be um, in the gifted program and so would do those we'd go to those classrooms probably I guess once a week they would bus you there so depending on what day it was we would do those things um, but went to school at Hillcrest Elementary which was just a, I'm really proud to be a public school kid like mm -hmm. super proud to be a public school kid um, and, inter, and Hillcrest was just such a unique environment um, the diversity that was there at Hillcrest really helped shape a lot of the way that I view things. Um, also had the special education program that was housed there at Hillcrest. So you got to see a lot of, you had a lot of hands-on experience with people who were different from you um, being inside your classroom and, and learning and growing through that. Um, after school though, we'd head, my mom would pick us up and we had a huge Suburban and uh, we'd all pile in and head to, to head to the dance studio and um, get there and, and be there until late at night and even at even at an early age and you know everything from ballet tap jazz the, the whole the whole works um, and then get home and eat some supper which now I think about how how you know um, late it was um, and then do homework and and go to bed and do it all over again. So even at an early age, uh, we had, even on Saturdays and uh, sometimes Sunday afternoons after church, um, you know, would, would be in the studio 
So, and then on Sundays we get to go over to my grandparents' house. I'm really fortunate that I had both sets of grandparents for the majority of my growing up years um, in Enterprise and a lot of my family. So we'd go over on Sunday mornings to my papa, mama's house and papa, um, his mother. So my great grandmother had uh, started the church there. And so he was very into making sure that while my grandmother cooked breakfast that we recited our bible verses and we had done what we were supposed to and we were ready for we were ready for sunday school um and then that afternoon on sunday afternoons we'd go out to the farm and uh you know pick pick leaves and press them and go fishing and you know catch frogs and and all kinds of fun stuff and snipe i don't know if you've ever had snipe but at night you know <laughs> looking for it Yes. My older cousins would all, it took us a while before we figured out that wasn't real. <laughs> so, it, it, so, it sounds like stuff. a wonderful childhood uh, that it, you have had and, and probably, uh, unfortunately, uh, a fairly rare experience today, but but going out and, and playing in the at the farm and in the woods and going fishing, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just love that. And, and I think I, I just uh, saw that in your eye that that your your uh, your papa and your grandmother they meant a lot to you, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you, um, papa and mama, and then both my granddaddy and and my grandmother. I mean, just good people. And okay, I want you to really listen here and and really seriously lean in because what Katie's about to describe for us really sums up everything you need to know. Uh, everything you need to know about leadership. And about life and listen to her as she shares from her heart for just a minute having integrity in what you do and looking for opportunities to make things around you better and um, you know it didn't matter it doesn't matter where you come from it matters how you conduct yourself mm. and um, you might not live on this street or that street they'd always tell me but that doesn't define you what defines you is the way you carry yourself how you treat people and what you do to make a difference in other people's lives and um, still um, work really hard to to uh, make them proud in that aspect Katie it was amazing to hear you say those powerful words and I noticed that you changed tenses from the past what they taught you to what you brought into the future to the present to what you're doing right now and when you were saying that and they had a huge impact on on who you are today huh absolutely absolutely yeah, that's beautiful so you had a, you had that that kind of ingrained in you and and then you began to hit adolescence and here we go into to high school middle school high school who was yes. in those days? Who, who were you then? Well, I'll tell you, um, I'll have to speak a little bit about my, you know, my parents, my dad, everyone's always like four girls, poor man. I'm like, well, no, it's actually poor mom because we were the very best version of ourselves for our father. And our mom had to deal with all the things that we had going on and getting us, you know, <laughs> getting us everywhere and dealing with all of that. Um, but it's, it's funny because he taught me a tremendous amount again about, you know, work ethic and, and, um, just business acumen and you know the way that the way you conduct yourself and, and my mom um, very much tough love now she she they call her stone cold uh, because she doesn't take anything from anybody and we joke you could climb Matt, uh, Mount Everest and she would say well I think you could have done it a little faster <laughs> um, so nothing got by her um, and she always 
you know, made sure that we worked to achieve what we were capable of. Um, and so, you know, you, you may be capable of something, but if you don't put in the hard work, you won't achieve that. And she made sure that each of us, and again, going back to what we said earlier, all four of us are very different, um, but that, that we were the best version of ourselves. Mm -mm. So she, she knew how, uh, she knew how to have that tough love. To <laughs> she sure did. She sure did. And I'm sorry, you asked about high school. So I will, I will tell you then kind of splitting my time between um, still dancing and cheering. Um, so was cheering. And I know that we mentioned it earlier, um, but national cheerleader of the year and, and worked through, um, you know, worked through captain of the cheerleading squad and fun stuff like that. But also at the same time, uh, went to girls state and that's where I actually kind of, opened my eyes. I thought that I wanted to be, um, I thought I wanted to be an otolaryngologist. And I, I had my uncle Mike uh, is an ENT and loved watching him. And I would, you know, when I could, I would go shadow him when, when there was time permitting. And so I felt like that's what I wanted to do. He's just a wonderful Christian man and brilliant. And he is, does so much for the community. And it was something I certainly wanted to emulate. Um, but then went to Girl State in high school and unexpectedly, I mean, it was, I had flown in from somewhere and, you know, we got in the car and, uh, and headed, headed down there in that big old suburban um, and was really intimidated when I got there because being from a smaller town, being from Enterprise and seeing, you know, young women from Mountain Brook and Montgomery and Huntsville and Mobile, um, it was, it was easy to kind of sort of let that get in my head. But my mom had said, you need to run for something. You, you know, you got to learn something. And, um, and I ran for girl state governor and, and that worked out. And so got to spend the day in the governor's office um, with then, and really kind of sort of changed my perception about government and about what you can do to make a difference and how you can go about doing that. Wow. So you, you were a girl state governor. I was, I was, I was, and I will. Yeah. That's who, where, knew? Uh, who, who knew? Yeah, that's where you started. That's where it all started, right? So it, it really is. I did not have, yeah, it, it really is. I had, I went around before I went and sat down with judges and attorneys and, you know, and just businessmen and women and um, asked questions about, you know, things that were going on and laws that were, and it, it, it I thought, huh, there's something to this. So. That's amazing. So you, you go through high school and, and by the way, what national cheerleader of the year and, and think amazing things that you have accomplished. Uh, where did you find, even, even through high school, where did this uh, drive come from? Kate? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I think it goes, I think it, it goes back to, to family and, yeah. and really just, you know, you don't, my parents would always say, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be your best. Mm. Um, and so I think sometimes when you focus on being your best and not comparing yourself to others and not, um, which is challenging. I mean, I even mentioned it like the moment we pulled up at Girl State, being intimidated by those things. But I think if you can refocus that energy on fine tuning the things you can control, which is yourself and, you know, your discipline and and, and the things you focus on, uh, a lot of times will be suppressed at the outcome. Wow, that's a great question for us all, isn't it? Are we being our best? You don't have to be the best. You just have to be your best. Write that down.
That's a, that's amazing. And so here we go to uh, to Alabama. Now that's we, right. We, you, you went to the University of Alabama. Any aspirations there that one day you would be the president of the, the SGA in Alabama? No, no. So let me tell you, I mentioned um, the cheerleading earlier to set the stage for you on this one because uh, okay. I wanted to be a cheerleader. Um, really, I thought, you know, um, I thought this that, that's what I want to do and, and felt like it was what I was supposed to do. Having been National Cheerleader of the Year, I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. Um, and I went and I didn't make it. And then I thought, well, I'm going to be a capstone woman. I really, you know, I'm going to walk backwards. I'm going to, I'm going to give tours. I'm going to, you know, be an ambassador for the president. And I didn't make it. Um, I was the alternate. I was the second alternate. My good friend, Amber, was the first alternate. Um, and so I kind of, and then I ran for freshman four on president, didn't get it. I mean, it kind of was a series of nope, 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 nope. Listen to how Katie uh, brought forth voluntarily her failures. She didn't have to share that, but she did because she knew those failures uh, really helped to, to improve who she is as a person and as a leader. And did some real soul searching. And then interestingly enough, that is when I decided to get involved with SGA and really kind of poured myself into that experience. Uh, luckily, I uh, ended up, they pulled two of the alternates on to Capstone Men and Women. So I got to serve on Capstone Men and Women after, you know, after probably about half the year. So that was wonderful and thought, check, check, um, and, you know, excited, kind of moving in the right direction. So I was a SGA senator. Then decided to run for SGA um, Vice President of Student Affairs, and I will never forget. So we went and we had to debate, and of course you're, you know, you're kind of nervous about being up in front of your peers in that way. I mean, particularly in a college setting. And um, I finished, and a good friend of mine said to me, he said, "It is too bad." And I said, "What? What's what's too bad?" And he said, "Well, no, I mean, I just." you're really, you're really good. And I mean, you, you've got a passion for this stuff and you're good. And I said, well, I appreciate it. But now wait, what's too bad? Like, let's go, let's rewind. What's too bad? And he said, well, it's just too bad. You won't go any further. And I said, well, why, why won't I go any further? And he said, well, because you're a girl. And I thought, Game on, game on. <laughs> so it was not until that moment, I kid you not, that I was like, we're going to do this. Um, so that, so I did not go to Alabama wanting to be SGA president. Uh, the good Lord has plans for us that we often do not have for ourselves and closed several doors. Otherwise, I would have never tried to open this one. Um, and, then, and then ended up running for SGA president and serving in that capacity. And it was, it was certainly um, just an incredible experience. So th that is an incredible experience. <laughs> I love the story. I want to take you back to those failures for just a minute. Um, you know, uh, didn't make cheerleader, didn't make capstone at first, did, you know, <laughs> didn't make freshman form. What did that do to you? How, how did you handle that, uh, that struggle? How did you come through that struggle? Talk to us about that. It was, it was really hard, I'll be honest with you, um, just to try to remain focused on what was possible and not what was at the time. Um, it was challenging to try to find my place. You know, I mentioned earlier kind of the level of, you know, even going to girls' state and they're kind of being these big city people. Here I was at 
the University of Alabama. Uh, my father had, had graduated from Troy. My mother had worked um, directly after high school and didn't have the opportunity to, to go to college. This was a, so a unique experience for me and one, um, two, where, you know, being from a smaller town and not knowing everybody and then feeling like maybe it's too big or maybe I'm not good enough. Um, so I think, so I think you have to just, my mom was, was wonderful through all that. And just, you know, you have to rely on your faith and when you have, when you struggle and also just redirecting that negative energy to realizing that failures don't define you. It's how you respond to them that ultimately mm -hmm. does. Uh, and sometimes it gets a little old telling yourself that over and over again, but eventually it's really those experiences that help you ultimately achieve what it is that you need to because you learn so much through failure and so much through getting it wrong if you're honest with yourself and you take a step back and you truly reflect instead of trying to kind of deflect if you reflect yeah. um there there's just a tremendous amount that you can learn and I, i'm i'm better for all of them okay did you hear that she said we need to reflect when struggles come failures arise we need to reflect instead of deflect where in the world did you get this wisdom that's amazing <laughs> no, you're you were being kind you saw me trying to start my computer earlier so <laughs> got listen that, that's a that's a whole different set of issues in and of itself technology is wonderful when it works you, you said reflect and instead of deflect. What I love that 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 that's an incredible insight for us. I, I want to, now I want us to go back up. Let's go back up to your friend who okay. said uh, you'll never go any further because you're never go any further. What went Stay. on in front of you when he hey, said that? It's 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 cemented in there. I promise. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yes. So when he said that, tell me what were you, tell me what happened inside of you when he said that. You know, you kind of have that that. Uh, reaction where you're you think to yourself did they did they say that out did they say that out loud did they mean to say that out loud um and then knowing knowing him um you know truly some of the some of the things people say to you they they're coming from a good place but it's not um they're not delivered in that way but it, it really made me think well why not and um i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna make it to where if if somebody else ends up SGA president, it's it it's not going to be because I didn't do everything possible to to show that I was the best person for the job. So were you the first female SGA president? I was not. I was not. I think I was probably number three or four. I think there was one in a time of four. So I think I was four. So when he said that, you went right back to to the shop where you were, you know, counting counting nuts and bolts and doing whatever it took. There was no gender involved in that, right? You, you, right that's you exactly right. Get the job done, whatever it that's took. That's exactly right. And I think my parents have always told me, and I've got a first grade teacher that I will never forget when I was serving popcorn in her class for, you know, the 20 when you brought in your quarter, um, that said, don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something or you can't be something. Um, so sometimes you just have to remind yourself of those words of wisdom of people before you. I love it. And, and through this process, um, you met and, and a treasure in your life and, and married him. And now you have uh, two more treasures. Tell us about, tell us about that's, your family. 
Yes. So my husband, Wesley, is just incredible. Um, he was the first person I met at Alabama. So um, met him at orientation. Remember the tough love I told you about my mom? She yeah. sent me by myself. My dad wanted to go with us. My mom was like, nope, she's got to do it on her own. If she's going to do honors and sorority and, and blah, she's, she's got to go and she's got to do this all on her own. So I, um, sat, <laughs> so I sat at orientation by myself, uh, didn't know anyone. And luckily someone that I knew walked up and said hello and Wesley was with them and met him. And uh, we became best friends. I mean, he... For, for seven years, we went to lunch together every Friday, all four years of school. Hey, um, you want a relationship nugget? Did you catch that? They, they were best friends, but were consistent to go to lunch together every Friday. Um, that's a powerful trait for a successful relationship, building in consistency. He's just um, a wonderful man of God. He is brilliant and he is the best dad that you will ever see. We have a lot of adventures in our house, um, including currently owning six chickens that roam our <laughs> um, our yard and we live in the city and we live in the city limits. I think it's my husband's way of saying like, I told you I wanted to live in the country. So we just, we're just smashing the two. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, and then we have two children, our daughter Bennett, and then our son Ridgeway. And Bennett is in sixth grade and Ridgeway is in fifth grade. So it's her first year of middle school and it's his senior year of the lower school, as they like to say. I said, good. I'm like, who told you that? Um, so, so yeah, so we awesome. just incredibly blessed. So you, you, you take this journey, you and Wesley begin your life together, you finish your law degree, and now you're this, this attorney, and you found this interest in Washington, and you, all of a sudden you ended up on Senator Shelby's staff as, as a young leader, uh, right, right out of school? Or, or, well, with yeah, so I'll, I'll try to give you the condensed version of that, and we can pick it apart, we can pick it apart later, but after college went up there, and it was his deputy press, I was going to stay for a year, because um, my father told me, don't you get sucked in to Washington, D.C., and so after a year, um, I told the senator that I was going to head on back um, and head back to law school and make good on my promise uh, that, you know, I wanted to do that, and he said, he came back and said, why don't you stay and be my press secretary? And at the time, that was the head of his press department and um, there in his, in his personal office. And so he was former chairman of intelligence, chairman of banking. He was a rising star on appropriations. And um, I, I like to tell people, I told him, you pay me to tell you when you're wrong and, uh, or when you have a bad idea. And I'm pretty sure this is a bad idea. Um, <laughs> so, so, but luckily he went out in that. And so I did that for several years. Then I went and worked as special assistant to the president for Dr. Witt at the University of Alabama, then got married and moved to New England. Um, and that's where um, my husband was playing for the New England Patriots. And then we moved back to Alabama and went back to law school um, with a newborn and an 11 month old. So um, talk, talk about interesting. And my husband went back and got his MBA. Um, during that time span, that's where you mentioned earlier, you um, riding out a hurricane, that's where we, uh, the day before exams, our 1L year, and the, the tornado hit Tuscaloosa, mm -hmm. and we are, we are blessed to be here, um, for Thanks. sure. Yeah. And then practice law, um, moved to Birmingham. We did a rental house for a year, moved to Birmingham, and then um, practice law in Birmingham. 
and in Montgomery, and then did general corporate work and worked with some incredible people, um, Randall McClanahan and others there at Butler Snow, started at Johnston Barton and Butler Snow, and then um, took a leave of absence to help run Shelby's primary campaign. So did deputy campaign manager and communications director. It was height of anti-establishment, if you will remember, and um, really wanted uh, Shelby to, to um, get the credit he deserved in that election for all that he's done for the state. Mm. Then went back to practicing law, and then he asked me to come to DC, and so then went back up to DC and served as his chief of staff. Wow. So that, that's a condensed version of, of a lot of years. Good. Now, here's an important question I have to ask out of all that. You know, I know Wesley, you know, and pro player and all that, but, but has he learned? Certainly, hopefully, he's learned because he walked with you through, through Tuscaloosa. <laughs> He's, he's never at, he's never said you can't do that because you're a girl, has he? <laughs> oh, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. I bet. So, I bet yeah, no, he, he often jokes. He said, I've met some tough people in my life. I mean, look at who I've gone up against on the line. But you, he, <laughs> so, so, no, not at all. He, he is incredibly supportive. And it's been interesting because we've gotten to, do things and make moves, um, both obviously New England and Tuscaloosa and Birmingham and Montgomery um, with his with his work and then some some moves with with my work. So it's a great partnership. And I'm certainly I'm I am blessed to have him. You have you have just uh, you've had a quite a quite a story and it's only just begun. You've just you're just beginning. And it's just an amazing story that you have. I have to ask you, though, as you served uh, on uh, Senator Shelby's staff, chief of staff, uh, at one point, what's the most difficult thing you encountered or one of the most difficult things you encountered while you were there? Hmm, golly. Um, you know, probably this day and age and how quickly people kind of snap judge, whether it's on 24-hour news or social media and knowing the work that you're, you know, that is being done in DC on behalf of Alabama and, and trying to make sure that is communicated effectively. Um, that, that's certainly a challenge. Uh, obviously, I think making sure that um, you don't let your own insecurities limit your potential. I think mm -hmm. oftentimes we do that. And for instance, I would have never thought that I could have been chief of staff and not in any way anything that was projected um, from the top down. In fact, Senator Shelby has consistently been a champion um, for, for women in the workplace and the things that his wife have, has done, first tenured professor, business professor there at Georgetown. And um, he, you know, so a, a lot of that there, but I think a lot of times we think, well, but I could never do that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and so I think not letting your own insecurities limit your potential was probably one of the biggest things because you have to remember you've earned a seat at that table, whatever table that is, and you gotta take it. Um, you gotta take it and you gotta sit down and um, see where you can move the ball from that point. Good night and yet more wisdom from you. I, I love that. Don't let your own insecurities limit your potential. There. You're brilliant, Katie. I love it. So you end up, that's, <laughs> no, where, you, no, that's where you are. You're, you're leading and, and you're helping. Now you serve as the president of the, the Business Council of Alabama, helping our state uh, from a business perspective. And all of us small business leaders and, and midsize and large, you're, you're out there fighting the cause for us. Uh, give, give us just a quick overview of uh, how are things going now that you're there in that position uh, and, and you haven't been there 
very long, but yeah, long, so, uh, yeah I'll think long enough. So I've been here in January 2019. Um, and so this will be December will be two years. So we're getting there. Um, it has been it it has been a unique challenge in many ways, um, both trying to kind of right the financial ship and make sure that we get everything moving in the right direction. Also to building coalitions and partnerships. Um, you know, I am a big believer and I tell people when I talk to them that relationships matter. And so rebuilding those relationships, you could be the smartest person in the room, you could have the most resources, you could do what, you know, but if you, if people don't trust you and they don't respect you, which are the two things that I think relationships are built on, trust and respect, um, then you're, you're not gonna be able to accomplish everything that you need to, to make things around you better. Uh, just a thought, what if we had relationships in our culture today based on trust and respect? What if that's what drove our relationships? Uh, I think our world would be a much better place to live. And so really working on building those relationships, and I think we've done a really nice job for that here. Um, and hopefully through that, we will create an environment where small, medium, and large-sized businesses can flourish. And I will tell you, sitting around the dinner table with my dad, um, with my mom and dad, um, it was very apparent to me growing up that what happens in Montgomery and what happens in DC affects the bottom line. And so we have to have people that are fighting for our job creators so that we can continue to move people and products and um, continue to make sure that our economy flourishes and, and you know, and our families are fed. Um, so that's what we're doing. And we're trying to make sure that Alabama continues to be a great place to do business um, so that, that all of its people all of his people will be better off as a result. Wow, that's a great vision. It's incredible. Thank vision. you. Built on Thank relationship. You. Uh, what's next, Katie? Is this your dream job? Is this it? Does it stop here or is there more? <laughs> well, um, I do, I, I believe uh, you can't focus on the next. You have to focus on the now. And it's kind of like a, as there. we move into, as we move into college football season, you know, you'll, you, you can't focus on a game two, 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 two games from now. You've got to focus on the one you're playing this weekend. So um, I'll tell you, so right now at VCA, we are focused on being the best we can be, creating the best environment that we just mentioned. And, you know, I think we're, I think we're in the first quarter there. So we'll see when this game finally wraps up what's next. But right now, this is, this is my focus, and I'm focused on making it the very best I possibly can. I tell you what, I interview a lot of leaders. I work, work with a lot of leaders, walk with leaders across the world. And uh, you're one of the best of the best. I, I will tell you, I'll put you up against anybody. Larry, <laughs> thank you. Wonderful story you have. And thank you for, for understanding the importance of relationship and walking through failure and, and really choosing to make a difference with your life. Uh, you are an example for so many, not just, and I'm going to go out and say, not, not just women. I mean, you're just a tremendous leader. And, and the fact that you're a woman is, is, is important, but certainly not defining for you. You are a, you're a tremendous leader in all aspects. I want to ask you one more question. before. Yes, I please, please, please. All right. So there are a lot of, of, of uh, young leaders who are, you know, they're trying, they're out there, they're, they're trying to figure it out. They're, they're you know, trying to think through, how can I lead? How can I accomplish some of the things? How can I be a, a Katie Britt, if you will? Uh, give us some nuggets uh, for the aspiring leader that's listening to, to this podcast. Absolutely. Um, well, I will say be empowered by those people around you. 
Um, learn, never stop learning, never think that you know it all. Uh, seek information and in always possible. So be empowered by those around you, but also be empowering. And I think that might, that might be one of the biggest things is to make sure that when you're given an opportunity, that you find a way to give that opportunity to others. So it, it is imperative that you not only, you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, you've got to, you've got to do your job and do it well, or, you know, I want to see that, but then I want to see how can I help you grow. So um, don't think that you slip through a door and, you know, there's only one seat. Find a way to prop it open and bring others along with you. And I think that you are so much better for it. And so is the organization or the entity or the group. Um, if you're making sure that everybody is reaching their potential and everybody has an opportunity for experience or growth, um, if, if, you know, if, if they're willing to buy in and work hard. Um, I would also say be unafraid to fail. We talked about it earlier. Um, it's, it's teaches you some of the most incredible lessons that will prepare you for the moment to succeed. Um, I also think looking, you know, in different work environments or in life, you will have people that treat you in a way or treat a situation in a way that you maybe see as unfavorable or not correct or, or whatnot, instead of being frustrated by those things, because I think particularly the younger workforce um, can be very easily, I say learn from them and put them in your filing box, because one day if you work hard, you will be in that position. And when you're in that position, treat people how you wanted to be treated. Don't forget, you know, don't forget, um, uh, use it as a catalyst to be better. And let me see. I guess just be you, um, have, the, have the courage to be you. In this day and age, when we see images flash in front of us or we you know, get 140 characters or whatever it is now, you know, I can't keep up. Um, right. I think we're very pressured to conform and, and to say or do or look a certain way. Uh, you will never reach your full potential if you're trying to be anybody but yourself. Mm. So have the courage to be you and i promise you that courage is contagious um wow and, amazing I, I just have no idea how you do it but <laughs> uh, you just have given us today so many truths so, so so much leadership good good leadership stuff it's no wonder that you are doing all the things that you are doing and I want to thank you. Thank you for not only leading with your head, but leading with your heart and understanding how those two are connected in, in all that you do. You truly are making a difference and you're making the this, this state of Alabama and beyond better because of your presence and because of your leadership. Uh, thank you for giving us your time today. Katie Britt, well, you're amazing. Oh, hey, thank you, Larry. I, I tell you what, I love being on here. I love our state. I love our people and I'm excited to see what all we can do together. Love it. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, I'll tell you, if you listen to that interview, if you listen to, to this uh, podcast and you didn't come away with some insight, uh, some encouragement, some uh, maybe, maybe just remembering some things that you already knew but that were important, uh, then uh, you just weren't listening. Wow, Katie Britt is amazing, and she left us with some really really good truths so i want to leave you with this one uh, and i really do um appreciate you listening thank you for 
for being a part of crossing the line as we learn together to uh, cross that line from leading with our head to our heart and our heart to our head. Here's the thought from Katie Britt that I want to leave you with and think about this uh, the next few days. As a leader, don't ever let your own insecurities limit your potential. Thank you for listening and choosing to cross the line from leading with your head and leading with your heart in order to make a difference.